I saw something uh, that was actually interesting on Twitter. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know, most times when I go to Twitter, it's strictly to post something related to our podcast, you know, to remind people, hey, we exist, check us out. And uh, uh, I admittedly try to stay away from Twitter because it's just a cesspool of uh, argumentative political topics and, you know. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a time killer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a time killer. And, man, it's just a place for people to vent and be angry sometimes. And very rarely, you know, do people actually come together and celebrate things in a positive manner. And anyway, not to get on my soapbox a minute into the uh, podcast. Not even. Oh, yeah. Wait, no, yeah, just passed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I saw something on Twitter the other day that uh, it was equal parts uh, sad and uh, uh, eye-opening because it was very true. And now what I what I'm about to say is, uh, you know, loosely related to uh, our boy uh, Peacemaker. Um, if you guys haven't seen the show, definitely check it out. And we reviewed uh, the first three episodes here in the podcast just a few weeks ago, and we'll be wrapping that up uh, at the end of February after the finale comes out. But uh, this is a very interesting post because it's not to uh, say anything bad or negative about Peacemaker in any way. It's actually quite a great show. Uh, pretty much everyone agrees on it. And it's one of the uh, most viewed shows, actually, on TV. So that's awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, but this tweet about Peacemaker did really put some things into perspective about Warner Brothers and kind of their uh, approach. And that was uh, someone brought something up that I had almost forgotten about. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't even think about it until we were just talking previously uh, off mic. But... Someone made a tweet that says something to the effect of uh, Joe Maganello uh, approached HBO to do a Deathstroke TV show that was going to be grounded and it was going to be very dark and it was going to be very uh, introspective for the character, but they shot it down because it would be attached to Zack Snyder or Zack would play some type of role in it. And so they shot it down and yet we get a Peacemaker TV show arguably the most obscure comic book character to date to have his own property. Right. And, you know, I sat, I sat back and I thought about that for a moment and I was like, you know, this person isn't wrong. Uh, and it really does show that there is something very bizarre going on at the head of HBO. You know, they got to hate themselves a little bit, brother. Um, or at least in a less dramatic sense, mm-hmm. they, they got to be kicking themselves around for the Hux position that they're that they are putting themselves in. Right. Right to the key uh, phrasing there, because it is themselves who won't break down their pride and utilize the awesomeness that uh, the Snyder like the Snyder verse gave them that mm-hmm. it could potentially give them had they continued to go down that path and just accept his lore even without using, you know, his his directive sources uh, henceforth, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, okay, you won't use this stuff, but it's great stuff, and it can lead to other great stuff. Oh, by the way, great stuff also means you can make mad money, more money than you're making now. So it's like, Again, they're, they're putting themselves between a rock and a hard place because, no, we refuse to work with that asshole. Anything that's attached to his name, anything that the, the internet uh, claims to be 
the Snyder verse in particular, sure, which I guess for some reason now Deathstroke is stuck in that vortex, but it's like, well, bro, that that was a fucking dope idea. Yeah. You know? Like it shows like that and, and good people and actually Joe himself who came up and said, Yo, dog, I wanna help make this show. Mm-hmm. Just like John Cena's helping to produce this one, you know, we could get Joe producing that one. That yep. would have been so cool. Who all who, you know, arguably is He's been the best Deathstroke appearance on TV as of yet. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we've had several live-action Deathstrokes, and yeah. I would dare say that even though we've only got Joe Maganello for a short period of time... He takes the crown. <laughs> aesthetically, personality-wise, I would say, you know, pound for pound, minute for minute, he yeah. is the best live-action Deathstroke. Yeah. Fucking fight me. <laughs> Unless it was Joe. Don't, let, don't ask Joe to fight I you. will not ask Joe to fight He's Deathstroke. That, that I wouldn't exactly, ask that motherfucker's Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah. And the OG uh, Flash Thompson, you know. I wouldn't ask Flash yeah, yeah. Thompson to fight yeah, me. Yeah. That's, that's also true. <laughs> but yeah, and it, it's 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 shooting down passionate people who were born for and literally want to do the role mm-hmm. that that spews uh, what bullshit. What bullshit that is. You yeah. know, and yeah, just thinking and, uh, yeah, they're just stupid. Uh, and not to start off on such a negative foot, but I mean, yeah. you know, Warner Brothers, they have done so many just god-awful things, so many bad mistakes, I'll just say this. And, you know, there's several people who you could potentially lay the blame at, and things are rarely, uh, are, you know, uh, rarely as simple as they seem, but, you know, we were robbed of getting a, uh, a Ben Affleck Batman versus Joe Manganiello Deathstroke. You know, we were robbed yeah. of that. Uh, we were robbed of getting a uh, Ben Affleck solo Batman movie. He had ideas that he really wanted to do. Ben Affleck is actually a, a phenomenal director. And, uh, you know, the fact that we never got that is also a crime. Uh, I mean, so th- there's a lot going on there. Obviously, the treatment of Zack Snyder yeah. uh, is uh, very atrocious. And again, like, they drove Ben Affleck off. Like, he doesn't want anything to do with the world of DC or superheroes anymore, he said he's fucking done. <laughs> Which is uh, atrocious, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you're not hearing that from the Marvel people. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unless one or two have had their own unique experiences, i.e., like Scarlett Johansson, maybe, mm-hmm. and whatnot. For the most part, most of these people are just like, they, you know, they joke and, like, mockingly complain about, like, the rule set Disney has upon them, you know? But other than that, you don't hear. You know, you right. hear Robert Downey Jr. talking about how, like, oh, how mistreated he was on set. Mm-hmm. His ass better not with how many, <laughs> how many, you know, fucking dollar bills he's bringing yeah. in. But all oh, that's kind of a moot point. You get what I'm saying here mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, you know, and we have even... studios is not hitting the nail, and, and their pride and their lack of flexibility is not letting them get any closer to the damn nail. Oh yeah, and we haven't even mentioned, you know, the whole. Uh, Joss Whedon uh, controversy yeah. bullshit, you know. I mean, it's, so it's just a mess all the way around. Oh, and, that, and the fact that Henry Cavill still really wants to come back and play Superman. He loves the character, but yeah. to say no to Henry Cavill coming back as Superman is a dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb move, dude. Like, I'm genuinely worried for Warner Brothers DC. Um, the Batman looks like it's going to be good. That that is the, the Batman, down, but is also Matt Reeves' pet project, which is set aside from anything else. Yeah, interconnected. Yeah, 
But at the same good. time, it's still under the DC Warner Brothers name. And mm-hmm. because of that, and because of, you know, enlightening bullshit that, you know, we hear about via social media and also other, you know, big name witnesses from Warner Brothers and DC, uh, it's just worrisome, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I think that Matt Reeves is getting the Chris Nolan treatment where it's like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, how many people can you give the Chris Nolan treatment to? And how 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 lucrative, how long can you milk that, you know? Apparently two directors and three movers apiece. <laughs> but then it's like, you look over at the competitor Marvel. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, dog, you, you see what they're doing over here? Mm-hmm. You're on this old school mentality. And, and they're on this new wave shit yeah. that the country loves. There are people who are fanboys and fangirls about this. Who never read a comic book to right. this day, but they could tell you all about Endgame and all about Infinity War because those motherfuckers have spent like three movie tickets to go get the movie. They bought the movie when it came out, and mm-hmm. they paid for Disney Plus streaming services, which means they bought the movie for no reason because they have it on all their devices. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know. But oh, yeah. Not that and we're business majors, I suppose, but right. still. But yeah. still. And uh, it, it, it further perpetuates this false idea that Marvel cannot be competed with. Yeah, they can. You just need competent people exactly. who are competing. You, you need people <laughs> who aren't stuck in the old ways. You know, you, you got to get rid of all your John Peters over at DC. You fucking do. Your John Peters <laughs> and your Greg fucking Berlantes, man. <laughs> Put them in a row and knock them down. Oh yes. And you know, I hate to say this. Uh, I love Jeff I Johns. I love Jeff Johns as a comic book writer, but as a movie producer, I don't think he needs to be in Hollywood. Mm, uh, really? I don't think he's done anything good for uh, for DC and, and the movie department. Not wow. at all. Hmm. Uh, I think, uh, who was it, Walter Hamada? I think he's another one over there, another uh, big EP over at uh, WB who has also done nothing good. Um, I mean, yeah, So they're, they're, and, and there's at least one more. There's like a, a triad over there of, uh, of people who have a lot of power, a lot of say-so, who effectively work kind of as the Kevin Feige uh, of the DCEU, and they have just screwed the pooch on every chance they get. And, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, if I were the head of WB or her, if I was, even if I was AT&T, I'd be looking at that and say, why aren't we making the money that, that Disney's making? Uh, right. And I will look at that and, and just, you know, as a bi- basic business metric, again, we're not business majors, right, right, right. but I will look at that and say, well, this definitely needs to change. Who's in charge? Yeah. How long have you guys been in charge? What's been our results? I got to let you go. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing that's bewildering, dude. And, and this is going to be a hot take. And so I, I mean, I am prepared mm. to potentially make the podcast about this cold open, but... DC arguably has many more famous superheroes to work with. Or arguably, I will put an own footnote on my own comment. They had many of the more famous superheroes to work with than Marvel did. Marvel had a bunch of big names. Don't get me wrong, Hulk, Spider-Man, a bunch of like mm-hmm. the OGs, you know, back in the in the you know the classical days. But DC had fucking Superman. Batman, Wonder Woman. You're you're a thousand percent correct. Exactly. Like, these were the guys that 
Uh, you know, if, if you listen to our episode from last week, maybe you have heard about this documentary called mm-hmm. Slugfest, where they actually like spoke about the power that these comic book characters were given because of the need for positive propaganda during war times. Right. And so it's like these guys were given fertile grounds to be planted in to become so fucking popular and grow among the population, i.e. Superman, Captain America, obviously. And it's like, why why the fuck are you guys falling down what should be an easy hill to walk up? Yeah. Yeah. Why are, you, why are these projects subsiding and sucking alongside... Mar- Bro, this should be the podcast. Like, this is a fascinating topic. <laughs> no, it, it yeah. is. Man. Yeah. It, it is. A I, very... I know we had plans tonight, but I mean, fuck, man. <laughs> like, I, I almost want to just keep talking about this. Uh, you know, it, it is a, a very uh, fascinating topic. Uh, it, it really is. Because there, there's a lot that we get into concerning that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, yeah man. Like, man. Yeah, it's just... It's one of those things, man, where it's so frustrating. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, we talked about... Uh, some of the rumored potential plans they have moving forward uh, with the DCEU, and it just doesn't look good. No. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't they, look they good. They have a couple of good things going for them. Mm-hmm. But here, here's, again, part of the problem there, and this is me trying to make this tonight's episode, if you couldn't tell. No, God I'm joking. <laughs> but I do want to say this one more thing, and then yeah. we can we can finally stop the so-called cold open and just move on with it. Um, they have some cool projects coming up. We know this. Yeah. We know that they have the Matt Reeves Batman. Right. We know that they have a couple of cool, dope-looking video games coming out, which you, yep. you guys already know listening. Your homeboy's going to play these video games. It's going to be dope as hell. We'll tell you about them. Um, what then? Mm-hmm. What's the plan? You give me the short-term, cool, that's awesome, that's great, but where's long-term profit? You know, I can't, I can't build and maintain my house on spurts of good projects. I need you know, the long-term plan now because we're in that day and age. Yeah. That's what Marvel's doing. Mm-hmm. Bro, there was that rumor going around the fucking internet where they had planned out their next 10 years of movies. Yeah. Obviously now, thanks to COVID and, you know, recent pandemics, you can't really plan, quote-unquote, that ahead of time, obviously without things getting skewed, i.e. I. what we're going to be talking about tonight. But they still, like, have this idea where it's like, hey... We're going to plant these movies, make this giant arch of movies, and, you know, not only are we going to, like, make enough money to sustain, but we're going to continue making a profit and keep, you know, keep numbers in the black. Yeah. The whole go-around. They're not going to try to make buoys out of, like, oh, we'll float on the Batman movie for a while. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Oh, wait, we're starting to sink because, you know, we fucked up and pissed off another great director or something, Mm. or... Oh, we fucked up and hired the wrong director with sexual harassment charges or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, uh, I'll just say this, and then we, we can move on, and uh, and that is, you know, I I think that this is probably a hot take of mine. Sure. Um, but if the Batman is half as good as I think it's going to be, and I think ba- the Batman's going to be fantastic, hmm. uh, but if the Batman is half as good as what I think it's going to be, I think that DC, honestly, again, hot take, they should ditch the idea for now of making a uh, extended universe, and they should focus on solo ventures. They should focus on telling movies about characters, just independent, independent. Of one yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. I mean, that you don't have to do what Marvel's doing, but mm-hmm. do something. 
competently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that there's a, a lot of potential there. Um, I think that they could have way more success if they don't try to match the tone of the Disney Marvel movies. Uh, if they don't try to force the connected universe um, and if they hire people with visions and who are passionate, I think that you can really get something special. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at least for the time being, because they're just so disjointed. I'm, I mean, so just the fact that I'm more excited about the Batman movie, or the fact that I'm more excited about uh, the Black Adam movie than I am anything that's in the DCEU, I think, speaks volumes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is our TED talk on the DCEU. I was about to say, that was a <laughs> couple of hot takes and what should have been a cold over. So All right. Now that we got some blood boiling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's what we do. Uh, homies, new and old alike, welcome to the Superhero Homies podcast. My name is Quentin, and as always, I am here with the good homie Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back. How the hell you doing? I hope you guys are geared up and ready. It is, uh, we are going off into uh, 2022. We've been a few episodes deep, and it is about time we gave you guys a worthy comic news episode. Absolutely. Comic news. Comic Just news. Just like the, you know, the intro that they get to all the new homies listening, you know? Yes, guys, it's time for some comic news, and there are quite a few interesting things happening in the world of comic books and superhero TV shows and movies and shit. Yeah. Uh, so like we can go ahead and get into it. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh, go ahead, brother. Yeah. Cool. All right, uh, we'll start off with this one here. Uh, this was a very interesting tidbit here. Hmm. Um, that is, there was a... Uh, Tennessee school board that banned mouse from uh, their reading libraries. Yeah. Uh, I heard about that. Yeah. This yeah. was extremely interesting. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, mouse is a uh, very fantastic comic. Go ahead and spell it so people know what you're talking about. Yeah. M-A-U-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, mouse. Uh, this is a very fantastic graphic novel. Uh, it was, I believe, both written and drawn by Art Spiegelman. And... What the book is about is it's basically about uh, Nazi Germany and about the Holocaust. And it's specifically told from the perspective of the... It's very meta in the sense that it's about the writer of this book talking to his elderly father about the happenings of his life during the Nazi Germany regime mm. and about how difficult the Holocaust was for uh, for he and his family. Um and again, it is uh, is is very meta in that sense, and it's it's a very deep story. It's a very sad story, and uh, I think it was maybe two years ago now. I I mentioned it in one of the episodes, uh, talk, talking yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're still over there. Yeah, and it's a very very fucking good read, and the fact that you would take something like this, like mouse. And ban it from from your school board, Tennessee. You're not giving the South a very good name. No, yeah, I'll, I'll, really not. I'll go ahead and say that. And, and the reasoning for banning it, um, I think, is is very shallow and very thinly veiled. Uh, no one apparently did the homework on what this book is. So the, apparently, the reason why they're banning it is because there is a 
an instance of nudity in the book. Oh, keep in mind, by the way, when I say nudity, it's important to remember that in this book, the the, the Jews are drawn as mice. Uh, the Nazis are drawn as cats. People from Poland and, and other surrounding uh, countries, they're uh, more described as like pigs. So these aren't even humanoid-esque characters. These right. are animals but because there's apparently uh, a depiction a depiction of uh you know uh some nudity in the book and because of uh i think they said what was it eight swear words or something like that uh that is enough for them to want to ban the book that's sad as fuck dude Mm -hmm. and you know what's also sad was that where the pooh bear has never been given a pair of pants in his damn life (laughs) but that fat-ass bear is still eating honey, still diabetic for a teddy bear, <laughs> and not banned. Yeah, which is bullshit. Yeah. That, that is, unfortunately, for those of you outside of the country, um, the United States has not had a great rep record when it comes to education levels. But within our own border here, um, uh, of, of the states that make up the country itself, the South notoriously and very unfortunately, not to rag on us, all of the locals listening here and whatnot, we fucking suck at education. Mm -hmm. Statistics show that southern states have been fucking bottom 50. (laughs) Which, you know, the whole country's bottom 50, so you get my joke. But of the 50, we've been consistently bottom 10 of the 50, Mm. more seriously. And that's problematic. So it's like, okay, thanks fucking Tennessee. Yeah, and so it's shit like that that's like, okay, so wait. That means eventually what? Is someone going to try to take out uh, Eli Weasel's uh, Knight? Mm. You know, and I know you remember that book. Yeah, yeah we, we all had to read that in grade school. That was like the eye-opener for how intense the Holocaust was for young minds who had never conceived of that at the time, you know? Uh, uh, when you take into account that, uh, I mean, and again, not, not to go down this road, but when you take into account that there's people who... Uh, uh, don't want, you know, what's being called critical race theory in their schools because they think that is, I don't know what they think the dangers of critical race theory is. I mean, because at the end of the day, black history is American history. Uh, and Native American history is American history. Yeah. And the, I mean, I'll just be blatant with it, the, the blatant whitewashing of a lot of American history is definitely more repulsive than any damages that mouse or critical race theory or anything of the like mm-hmm. could ever do. Um, history isn't pretty. History isn't nice. Uh, but you can't go changing it, erasing it, or deleting it because it doesn't make you feel good. Right. So, yeah, very sad state uh, of affairs that Tennessee is in. They are receiving a lot of backlash. There's, they're getting a lot of press because of this. And, man, hopefully... Uh, you know, they reversed this decision. Uh, I mean, on, on the bright side of things, I have heard that, like, a lot of people are picking up mouse now who maybe never have. Hmm. Uh, and so that's good. You know, that, that is good. Yeah. That, I mean, that is good news. And it's kind of ironic. Recently, I had read a quote about, uh, about this. And, and maybe it's actually because of this, you know, social media, you know, uh, retorting in its own subtle yet powerful way about the banning of a book where uh, I, I can't remember... Joe Schmo's name, who said it or whatever. I don't know if that really matters, but what he said is what matters, and that is when an entity of some sort bans a book, 
you don't get mad, you don't you, you don't storm the battle gate and say, "Hey, how fucking dare you? This is blah blah blah." Instead, you quietly accept it and then you go and immediately with as much haste as possible find what they banned and read it mm-hmm. and read it to know what they're trying to keep from you. Yes. Yeah. That's that's so fucking important. And uh, and again, that doesn't make this anything political, but I do want bro, everyone to know. Shit. We are, yeah, man. I mean, bro, uh, there's hey, a lot we could be saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I dude. do want to make it known that this is some bullshit that I've seen people on both sides of the political spectrum do, try to ban some shit that they don't like mm-hmm. uh, simply because they don't like it because it goes against their agenda. Uh, if you ask me, both the far left and far right are a bunch of goddamn snowflake pussies. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Can't stand either one. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, you talk about quotes. There was a, a a Neil Gaiman quote, actually. He has something to say about it. Really? Yeah, and I uh, I wish I could remember the exact quote that he said. I had it uh, saved oh. here somewhere. Honestly, um, that might have been the one I was finding, dude. Uh, no, what he said was very uh, short yeah, okay. and concise. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, he goes, he says... Uh, uh, you be paranoid for a second? I thought we were about a double quote. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he says, there's only one kind of people who would vote to ban mouse. <laughs> yes, I read uh, this, yeah. Whatever they're calling themselves these days. Uh, very Neil, good quote. Man. Yeah, by, by Neil. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's my first piece of comic news. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, keep, keep hitting us up, man. What else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, next up. Let's talk about something that's maybe not so infuriating. Uh, something that's actually pretty goddamn awesome. Let's talk about the Moon Knight trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this trailer dropped uh, about two weeks ago or so. And uh, they gave us a release date for March 30th. And uh, this was a very interesting trailer. Uh, it looked very, very, uh, very cool. And um, they're definitely doing some interesting things uh, with our boy Mark Spector. Uh, so we see Stephen Langley. That's the personality of, uh, of Mark. That is, uh, you know, kind of the in the comic books. That's the the personality that's kind of the the rich aristocrat type person, more of your Bruce Wayne esque yeah. type uh, personality. Except uh, it's not. <laughs> he's not pretending, you know, to be like some flamboyant playboy like he really thinks he is because he's, you know, he's got uh, dissociative identity disorder. Um, but this, if this version, if this is a uh, you know Steve that we see here in the trailer, he has like an interesting British accent, of course, played by Oscar Isaac, and uh, he doesn't seem to be like a, a rich aristocrat. He seems to be more like a. Uh, it's like he works at a, some kind of British museum, uh, which appears to be where he finds the statue of Khonshu. If I'm just picking up the context from the trailer, that is. Uh, also, people have noted that uh, one of his other personalities, Jake Lockley, uh, who was a cab driver in the comics, uh, that personality seems to be missing. Uh, but to that, I say, give it time. It's just a two-minute trailer. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Lockley, that personality could be in it. Maybe he's not. Uh, we don't know yet. Um, another interesting bit of information here is that there uh, is a villain in this trailer who's so obscure uh, that even I didn't know who the fuck it was. Uh, we see Ethan Hawke in this tra- in this trailer. Which admittedly, bro, it's been a long time since I've seen Ethan Hawke. So I was mm. like, oh, huh, look at him. Yeah. Look at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Ether Hawk, uh, Ether, Ethan Hawk is playing a character by the name of Arthur Harrow. Mm. And uh, if you guys are like me and haven't heard of Arthur Harrow, don't feel bad. I think he only has technically one appearance in a Marvel comic. <laughs> and apparently he's going to be the main villain here of this show. Uh, and that appearance uh, was in Moon Knight Fist of Khonshu, uh issue two of six in a miniseries. And apparently this guy was like some kind of a geneticist who worked on, uh, uh, I guess, like a physical pain receptors and, and what caused like certain maybe neurodegenerative uh, degenerative pain. Uh, and he had some kind of uh, some groundbreaking research. But apparently one of his uh, one of his cohorts discovered that uh, his research is very shysty, very, uh, you know, um, unethical. Hmm. And uh, he gets exposed uh, I haven't read the uh, that one appearance that this guy's in, so I'm actually not very familiar with him at all, uh, or about what his potential motives could be in this show, or what role he plays, even. Uh, but it's very interesting that Marvel is, uh, you know, pulling up a lot of the obscure stuff here for uh, our boy Moon Knight. Um, what is interesting of note here is that uh, way back in 2020, we did our Who Is Moon Knight episode. And, uh, you know, when we did that, you know, I mentioned that how there was a period of time in the Moon Knight comics when he would, uh, he would gain like certain heightened physical attributes if the moon was out. Right. Uh, I believe that started around this time frame when the, uh, back in like the, uh, yeah, back in like the early eighties, like this is when this version of Moon Knight was really uh, prevalent. And, uh, what was really interesting about it was that, you know, was this guy really gaining special powers under the moonlight or was it just an effect of his disorder? You know, you can never really tell. It's one of the really interesting things about the character. Uh, yeah. So we have, uh, Arthur Harrow here as our main villain. Uh, no sign of the Bushman who was definitely one of the, you know, one of the more bigger, uh, moon Knight villains, his first villain. Mm. Um, he's even in the moon Knight book called the bottom, which is the moon Knight story that I recommend to everybody uh, who hasn't read a moon Knight story. Definitely go check out the bottom. Mm. Uh, I was about to say, I think I remember you uh, discussing that beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but the trailer looks very good. There is a, a very interesting shot there in the trailer. When we see him, uh, where like the moon Knight suit almost kind of like, Slithers and wraps around him, almost like a fucking uh, symbiote, almost, which just kind of forms around him. And, you know, it's like, are, are we going with the idea that Khonshu is like 100% legit and not in Mark's head? Uh, are we going from the perspective that our boy Mark is an unreliable narrator, in which maybe what we're seeing and what he thinks he's experiencing isn't 100% legit? Um, uh, does is he like legit having these type of superpowers, or you know, are are they playing with the idea that yeah, maybe this is all in his head, part of his disorder? There's a lot of cool things going on here with this trailer, and I uh, can't wait to get it. Uh, also, one more thing about his suit was that if you notice in the trailer, his suit doesn't look like you know your uh, what you would imagine with Moon Knight, which would be like the typical kind of you know uh, white spandex and, yeah. and mask and cape. It looks almost like mummy wrapping. Um, yeah, which is actually pretty cool considering, yeah. you know, um, you know, the origin mm -hmm. of all that. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the, the God. Khonshu. Thank you. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Egyptian God Khonshu 
Uh, you know, it's the one. And, and like, you know, in the comics, the reason why, you know, he, Khonshu may or may not have given Mark powers is because, uh, you know, Mark is, uh, you know, betrayed and, and beaten and you know, kind of left for dead. And he's dragged in front of the statue, you know, out there in, uh, in, in Egypt. And by the way, it was the Bushman, uh, the Bushman who, <clears throat> who betrays him. And, uh, yeah, so he's out there in front of the statue and then, you know, he's kind of restored back to health. And apparently it's from this, this statue of Khonshu who tells him, you know, you, you would be my, you know, my, uh, like my beacon, you would be my vessel. You will, you know, you'll be my, my fighter, my warrior, you will fight for me. And, uh, yeah. So like the, uh, the origin of Moon Knight was always very interesting because, uh, you know, we, we never get a superhero who is you know, like straight up, you know, people don't want to say the word crazy, but I mean, if you guys realize the Moon Knight comics, then you, you wouldn't maybe be psycho. You wouldn't yeah. be so hesitant, you know, to yeah. say. We won't call like, him crazy. Like, here's we'll the thing. I think that Frank Castle is psycho. I think that Moon Knight is crazy. Explain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because so, I mean, bro, synonyms. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, because so, for me, like Psycho was like a, uh, like, you really uh, are a danger to society, in every aspect. <laughs> like, you probably should not roam free if you are a psycho, especially if you are a psycho killer, which is really where Frank Castle is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, okay. And, yeah. and when I think crazy, and you're right, because uh, uh, psycho is a type of craziness, but, you yeah. know, craziness doesn't have to be uh, psycho, is, I guess, what I'm leaning for here. Because uh, with, with but Moon does Knight... does crazy have to be psycho? No, psycho is definitely a, a form of being crazy, but crazy doesn't have to mean that you're a psycho. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But, but you do have to be... You do have to be... So wait, fuck! I'm getting confused by by your by your um, separation of the mm-hmm. two. So you have to be psycho to be crazy, then. No, you have to. You have to be crazy to be psycho. Yes, but Maybe. you don't have to be. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, because like uh, <laughs> you know, with with Mark Spector, yeah, again, yeah. he's got uh, um, disassociative identity disorder. That's his form of crazy. Yeah. Whereas Punch's form of crazy is psycho killer. Both that crazy, yeah, yeah. Both yeah. crazy, both, uh, but also very uh, different. Uh, um, retaliations of yeah. their mentality. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. yeah, and again, you know, that's that's not to speak down on anyone who has dissociative identity disorder. Uh, it's just that <clears throat> his is very severe. Uh, for anyone out there who, in reality, has uh, DID, I doubt that you put on types and go out and beat the shit out of criminals. Okay. So, or I doubt that, you know, maybe you assume personalities to the extent that this comic book character does. When I call Mark Spector crazy, I am not saying that the entirety of the DID community, you know, should be fucking, you know, thrown away in, in an institution. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. All right, bro. Uh, but no, the trailer's really good, man. Did you get a chance to see it? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you, uh, you know, uh, it was posted to the uh, Superhero Homie page. Yeah. Indeed. So, um, I got a little bit of a two-parter for the next one here. Uh, a little bit of unfortunate, but, mm. uh, you know, with a positive outlook at the end. So, there you go. 
unfortunately, homies, if you have not already heard, uh, the next announcement here tonight is going to be about Morbius. Uh, unfortunately, the movie has been postponed again. Um, the website I saw earlier was blaming it in part due to the continued yet slow box office success of Spider-Man No Way Home, which is cool, but I don't rightfully believe that myself. What I saw when the news dropped was that they did it because of coronavirus. Which makes more sense to me. Like, that's that's what I first thought of. Okay, we're just delaying it because numbers are looking bad. Stats are saying people are still getting sick, which they uh, are. I wouldn't trust a fucking source that says, yeah, because of the lack of success of Spider-Man, Morbius being pushed back. Uh, No, they said the continued success. So, no, it was actually because Spider-Man was still doing well in its box office. The, the, but that, makes that doesn't make sense. sense to me. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, wait, so what? You you like capping how much money you make? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why why not have Spider-Man ride the box office numbers strong, right. but then re- still release Morbius mm-hmm. and keep riding more box office numbers? I mean, because you're, you're not competing get... with each other. You're competing with yourself. Yeah. And I mean, like, especially for Sony, because this is a Sony-made uh, project, you know, you're going to get a lot of... Uh, a lot of potential viewers, especially if you keep rolling out that trailer where people see the Oscorp building in the background, yeah. when people see the you know the, the 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 Venom name drop, when people see Michael Keaton's Vulture, people see the picture of Spider Man in the background. Yeah. This so. is this looks like even though it's been delayed a couple of times now, mm-hmm. it still looks like it's going to be a pretty good movie. I, I still have faith in it. You know me too. I yeah. still have like this really kind of unexplainable sense of. Uh, I can't explain it for you. You ready? I'm, I'm going to drop a, a nugget of wisdom. I'm going to put it right here, mm. uh, you know, right in front of you, bro. I'm going to put it in your protein shake right here. Mm. It's the two-movie curse. Yep, it's being lifted. Two-movie curse. The two-movie curse. Think about it. Any actor who's been portrayed as one character, but then gets recasted as mm. a completely different character, their second character... Dope as fuck. Their first character, not really, not really regarded. We don't give a fuck about them anymore. But their second character, right? Jared Leto, you yeah. know, this won't be his first uh, superhero uh, comic book rendition. It's true. First one, you know, unfortunately kind of looked down upon now. Yep. You know, not, not, not highly regarded. Maybe not looked down upon, especially thanks to Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. That name DC just won't mention for some fucking reason. You know, they treat him like fucking Voldemort. That's a joke <laughs> you don't get. But... <laughs> That little bit made me laugh. Mm. But now it's like, oh, this is your second movie as a different superhero. Bro, you about to shine. You know? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like, in my mind, just playing on the stereotypes, mm-hmm. making a joke of it. But in all in all seriousness, too, the, the evidence is there that this still, even after delays, is going to look good. But yeah. that's not the good news I was going to end that on. Apparently... Multiple distributors are having a hard time keeping Morbius comics because more and more people are buying them out. So that's really? great news. Yeah, people are actually buying Morbius comics, which actually is like pretty dope news. People are actually like those have got to be some serious old school back issues because he hasn't had a solo run in years. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> tell you, but it's pretty dope to hear. Like, yeah. hey, look, look at you reading assholes out there. Man. Yeah. I'm so proud of all of you. And hey. Hopefully, that's one of you listening out there. Hopefully, you got your book in. And if you did, drive by and come share it with us. I want to read, too. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so here's the Morbius. Uh, here's a fun fact. This is a fun fact that I dropped before, but it's so fucking interesting. Okay. That I love to drop it. Okay. Uh, for anyone... Well, it's going to be fun on a second, on a second dropping. It will for me. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who is, you know, like me or in my age group, then you have probably seen the Spider-Man animated TV show. Check. And uh, it was a really great animated show. We had the best when, you know, when we were kids. Sorry for anyone who was of a newer generation. Your cartoons just aren't quite as good. Uh, but <laughs> uh, with the, the Spider-Man TV show, when we got uh, Morbius on the screen, uh, they said that, okay, so he's a vampire, and we're going to keep his look because his look is pretty fucking sick, and we can't deviate from that. Uh, because we don't want to break what will one day become the superhero homie commandments. That's specifically what they said. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but someone uh, in the someone in the room said, "No, Steve, we can't fucking do yeah. that." And they had a tablet of right. the ten, uh, superhero homie commandments right there. Yep, yep. They're like, you know, there, there's a fucking ten year old kid right now uh, watching this, and he's gonna he's gonna remember this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, um, when they did introduce Morbius. They said that, okay, there's a lot that we can do, but there's a lot that we can't do. We can't have him biting people and sucking their uh, their blood. That's going to be too much, too violent, too dark for this TV show. Right. So instead, we'll have him, you know, suck their life energy with these uh, kind of these fucking little holes with teeth in his palms. And he would grab people and, you know, drain their life essence. That shit was more terrifying to me than a goddamn <laughs> vampire. See, that, that's the fascinating thing about the old school cartoons, dude. Like, like the Spider-Man animated show, mm-hmm. uh, the Paul Dini Batman is a glorious example. In efforts to edit and make more child-friendly these cartoons, which had graphic and, you know, adult themes to them, by editing them, these creators, these artists had to get more creative in order to display the story, how it was rightfully told, but for a, quote, child-appropriate scenario for, on, on screen here, you know, i.e. no blood and things like that, you know? Except there like, was blood in, in some episodes. Right, which yeah. only makes sense. You, you can't escape it, you know? You can't just turn everything to sweat or something. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. In getting more creative, sometimes that made these scenes fucking more gruesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, oh, there's yeah. multiple things you could YouTube in... and. Like Morbius, it sounds like, for example, the Paul Dini Batman awesome animated show mm-hmm. that was fucking amazing. Oh, Kevin yeah. Conroy all day, son. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's it's just little things like that. It's like, it's like, man, that's fascinating. And that's what made storytelling so dope. And I'm sure, in part, it's what made this whole fucking show happen decades later, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Next up here. This is... uh. Some some good news here. Good news, everyone. So this is also kind of a two-parter here. Dope. Uh, I'll go ahead and mention the first part here. Uh, James Gunn says that Peacemaker Season 2 has a good chance. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. so, you know, that is uh, obviously very good news for those of you who have, who have been watching the show and who like the show. Um, obviously, it hasn't officially been greenlit yet by uh, Warner Brothers. Watch tomorrow morning. Every time we do a comic news episode, this shit happens. Tomorrow morning. No, tonight. <laughs> you asshole. Mm-hmm. Something's going to be announced. Peacemaker season two greenlit. Yep. Uh, yeah. Usually yeah. how it goes. Usually how it goes. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, it gets greenlit and hopefully we can get like a really cool season two with whatever they may have in plan for, or, or in store for that. 
but the second part of this is also really interesting. Hmm. That is, James Gunn wants to do another Suicide Squad spinoff show. Hmm. Uh, and he said that apparently, like, there are already some motions in the work to get this thing, uh, you know, up and going. But now the question is, who? Weasel. <laughs> I'll accept nothing else, sir. <laughs> I think I'll accept anything else. No. Uh, <laughs> Weasel. Enough said. Uh, no, thank you. No. Yes. Are you kidding me? In <laughs> no way, shape, or form. Don't want to guide I would that. watch... I would watch a 40-minute episode of that fuckface just, like, trying to survive. <laughs> it would be, like, a more adult... Ah, uh, what, what the fuck? That's, that dumbass squirrel from mm, Ice Age, mm-hmm. it'd be a more adult that just trying to fucking make it, you know? <laughs> but, it, uh, oh, man. If we can't get Weasel, you know, if we can't get Weasel, who, who else? Uh, so, I'll go ahead and say this. I do not think it would be Bloodsport or Harley, Harley Quinn. It would well, not be neither of those two. They're expensive. You can't do that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Very expensive. Uh, they have very booked schedules. A lot of people are thinking maybe Polka Dot Man, uh, even though he's dead. Yeah, I was about to say. But, yeah. I mean, prequels. Yeah. Yeah. Explain how the fuck he got so crazy. That's right. just fair. Also, bro, also, putting out there, bro, bro, King Shark. King Shark. King Shark. That is a potential. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> and if, yes, yes, that if, is your If answer. I had to rain on that parade, I would say How if for, for any reason not, it would be because uh he'd be uh he, he costs a little bit of money, you know, to put in every episode. How fucking dare you? <laughs> they can make that money back. <laughs> Let me have my joy. Yeah. I mean, because if you know this, Peacemaker is a very excellent show, but it's also not that high of a budget. No, mm. it's really not. Yeah. Which is actually fascinating. Guys, just real quick, not not to ad lib or whatever the fuck here, but bro, if you haven't already, what are you doing? Listen to this episode. Don't turn us off early. All right. Don't be an asshole. But go watch Peacemaker after this. If you haven't seen anything about it yet, bro. Go support shit like this. Are you kidding me? It's uh, for me. It's interesting because you know it kind of proves the whole theory that you know money doesn't always equal quality. You know, you look mm-hmm. at I hate to pick on this show, but you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier really should have been a lot better than what it was, and it's also, I believe, the most expensive Marvel Disney TV show. Uh, but you know, if you ask us, it's not that great. And no. you compare that with Peacemaker, which is has got to be ridiculously cheaper in comparison. Uh, and it is receiving a lot of rave reviews. So, yeah, um, a lot of times, you know, you don't really need a huge budget to make things awesome. And sometimes a huge budget can even cover up some mistakes or errors with plot. Right. Uh, but no, I uh, was thinking about like what, what show from the Suicide Squad could he be trying to do? Would he want to do something that's like, you know, tonally in a similar vein to Peacemaker? Or would he yes. try to do something different from that? Um, hmm. You know, trying to think about who's love. I mean. Milton. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck is Milton? Oh, fucking Milton. Oh, man. Um, 
And it's, it's so interesting because, you know, in retrospect, a lot of people don't make it. I can see maybe a rat catcher because she turned out to be, like, quite the fan favorite. That's true, actually. Yeah. That's actually a really good candidate for the same reasons Peacemaker was such a great candidate. Yeah. Um, like you said, quickly became a fan favorite, but also not a big not, enough name. They, that, can, they yeah. can cost a little money. Right, yeah. right. And potentially not that expensive. A budget was a... Huge restraint. Yeah. I think for her, though, I think it would benefit her show and potential plot lines more if... I'm trying to remember his movie name. Inawe? Oh, Nanawe, yeah. Nanawe, mm-hmm. thank you. Nanawe. Uh, if Nanawe wasn't a couple of episodes or something. Mm, you know? Yeah. 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 I, think that, I think that just popped. Oh, yeah. uh, here's a fun fact. Uh, Economos in the Peacemaker show was the body double for King Shark. Really? Yeah. That makes me so fucking happy, dude. Because <laughs> if you notice, that guy's actually really fucking tall. Like, he's yeah. he towers over John Cena. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, shit, he was, huh? <laughs> uh, so, Die Beard, uh, yeah, was the physical body of King Shark. Also, if they did a King Shark show, would that mean they had to get uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone back for the voice? Yes. Oof. Oof. There's your money. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, but but you maybe wrong? not because no. he is going to be in Guardians Three, I believe. You True, know, he's coming back. So who knows? Yeah, and, and and James Gunn is still. He did Guardians Three. Yes, yes, okay, yes, yes, yes. I say did like it's done. Right. But yeah, yeah. He is doing right presently. Maybe Guardians Three. Yep. Uh, yep. They are. I think they're currently shooting Guardians Three. Uh, he's a very busy man doing a great job of uh, multitasking. Here's another fun fact that, you know, it doesn't have shit to do with shit, but I just <laughs> happened to stumble upon this okay. uh, a few days ago. That was, um, I was, uh, you know, Googling James Gunn uh, because I knew that he had said something about doing another show based off the Suicide Squad. And I wanted to find the website so I could make sure I had, you know, my sources in order. Sure. Uh, but when I Googled him, uh, I had like a kind of a typo and Jenna Fisher showed up. Of course, Pam Beasley from the office hmm. and coming to find out those two were married for eight years. What the <laughs> fuck? From 2000 to 2008, Jenna Fisher and James Gunn were married. <laughs> what the fuck? You just wouldn't see it coming, right? Is Wait, whoa. what? <laughs> What years was the office running? I want to say uh, maybe oh four or five to uh, twenty eleven, twenty ten ish, somewhere around there, right? Ooh. Whoa! So that means they were married during a part of that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's some interesting shit. Yeah, that's what that's I thought. Some good shit. Wow. <laughs> like, I, I feel like we gotta look that back up. Like, <laughs> really? And then, bro. I mean, it, I mean, fuck. And, and he's seeing uh, Jennifer Holland Holland right now. Yeah, apparently Damn, they've been together since 2015. Damn, Again, James. like this isn't shit that I especially looked up, but like Google was just like, hey, did you know this? Like, I did not fucking know this. I did not, but this is fascinating, <laughs> and I have to tell my friend Kevin about this. And now that you did, your friend Kevin's dumbfounded, like, wow. 
Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought I just made like a serious typo. Like, why is Jenna Fisher showing up in my oh. feed? Yeah. My shit back on. Wow, I, that just <laughs> that surprised me. I had to take a minute back in the IRL, guys. Yeah. Fuck. The more you know. Huh. Yeah. Later on tonight, bro. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And he's not married to Jennifer Holland. He's just, no. Yeah, they're just yeah. They, they've been together since 2015, so they've been together for a while. Bro, if James Gunn came out with a book, I would be tempted to buy. I'd be like, I yeah. need to know you. Right. <laughs> what a life. What, what a sense of humor. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, what? Who? How did you come to be, sir? <laughs> also, can can I look at your music collection? Because at this point, I am, you cannot, you cannot try to convince me that that man doesn't have a mad-ass, amazing music collection at this point. You know, I don't have it here in front of me because I didn't put it down as a common or, news thing. Yeah, but apparently, um, the, uh, the the band that made the the intro song for Peacemaker, mm-hmm. apparently they got dropped by their agent. I think like either the day or the week before James Gunn said, "Hey, I want to use your guys' song for my TV show." <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! That was really good timing. Yeah. Fuck that agent. Right. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. Got, they just like, God damn it. I know, right? That agent's yeah. like, son of a bitch. Because <laughs> now everybody's like obsessed with that show's choreography. Oh, yeah. And the song. And right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Alan Tudyk's wife was the choreographer. Mm-hmm. And she had her husband, Alan Tudyk, stand in uh, for, for John Cena when she was going through the motions of what would become the choreography. <laughs> It, uh, even if you don't have HBO, just like YouTube Peacemaker intro, you're fucking welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. You deserve happiness. Go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving on here. This one's kind of a, um, uh, it's kind of a nothing burger. Uh, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I don't think there's anything to it, but what is a just, nothing burger? <laughs> like, I, I feel like we have to discuss that. Like, what the fuck makes or what doesn't make a nothing burger? Is it just like empty calories or is it just like, you know, the burger you thought you ordered from the picture, but then it's like, oh, this is bullshit. It's just like a quarter size of a fucking patty there. This is more or less used in, in the terms of uh of the former, where like you get something there that's like, uh, there could be something here, but chances are no, there's nothing. But why wouldn't you go back to the counter and be like, bro, what the fuck is this burger, man? <laughs> Give me another fucking burger or at least a better, like a, a better option. Let me get that chicken sandwich. Fuck this burger, man. Uh, I feel like that's a sad story. Waiting, to, waiting to have no happy ending. Anyways. Yeah. But yes, uh, uh, yes. Take back your nothing burger, sir. And tell us what was on it. So Tom Holland and Florence Pugh, Apparently uh, want to do a Spider-Man and Yelena Belova crossover. Uh, obviously, uh, this is something that they want to do, but uh, obviously Marvel hasn't said you know anything about that yet. Yeah, just uh, I guess something that Tom and Florence would think would be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, you guys really have nothing <laughs> in common in terms of characterization or. Uh, even locale in the MCU, uh, it, it'd be, I, I don't know why 
Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, it doesn't really make sense, no. but I mean, is it bound to eventually happen? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, es- especially with the the idea that we have for Florence and, and what's going to go on with, with her character, you know, so cool. But I mean, it ain't like you guys going to have a, like a buddy cop movie or something, you know? Yeah. So they've noticed that they don't refer to her uh, by her last name. Uh, and, I, and I guess that's to do with like the tweaking of the origin in the Black Widow movie. She's not Yelena Belova; she's just Yelena. And yeah, you know. yeah, fucking trying to rewrite stuff, man. I mean, yeah, uh, the Black Widow movie broke so many of our commandments, <laughs> and it also broke my heart. Yeah, uh, it was a very, very sad experience. Yeah. Yeah. But Yelena, thankfully, was the one standout in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Um, this next one here is uh, a real interesting tidbit uh, that kind of kind of says a lot. At um, least I find this really interesting. And that is, of course, for those of you who may or may not know, uh, a few months ago now, you and I reviewed House of X, Powers of Ten, mm-hmm. which kind of, uh, you know, jump-started the X-Men comic books, gave people a good jumping-on point, and, you know, a lot of people have really enjoyed that run since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have also fallen off since then. They said things have gotten kind of too crazy or whatever. But apparently Jonathan Hickman, who was the writer of Hawks Pox, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, he left the book a few months ago, and he said that the reason why he's leaving the X-Men uh, is rumored to be in part due to editorial and co-writers uh, who would not follow the plan that he had laid out. Uh, you see, he had a uh, kind of a three-act uh, plan for his X-Men comics. And uh, and each act would take up, in his mind, would be like a year in real time. So, like the Krakoa or a Hawks Pox saga would take a year, and then he had like a, a a different stage for, you know, the, the following year, and then he's going to wrap it up in the third year, which okay. would be his third act. Um, now, for various reasons, uh, Marvel as a whole, like, again, the editorial staff and, like, his writing staff, because there's there's always been so many offshoots of X-Men comics, and Hickman isn't writing them all, yeah. but the overarching plan is his brainchild. So for those who are writing the offshoot comics... Apparently, they kind of went off the rails and just wanted to do their own thing a lot of the times. And apparently, uh, editorial also didn't want to go through with some of Hickman's ideas. And uh, apparently, those are some of the reasons why Hickman has decided, all right, I'm out of here. Um, and I think a lot of it does have to do with a, a money standpoint. Because, uh, you know, Jonathan Hickman, whether you like uh, Hawks Pox and what came of that or not, um, it was a, it did revitalize a lot of interest in Marvel Comics, meaning that it did make more money than a lot of their comics do. And because, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my personal theory is that because it made such good money and because it kind of jumped up revenue for a while, was that they didn't want to move on past Act 1 because Act 1 was proven to be lucrative. So, you know, what did they do? They milk that fucking cow until there's nothing left. And who said by that point that whatever Hickman had planned for Act 2 or Act 3 would still be viable? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then as far as like, you know, his, uh, his co-writers go, like those who are writing the, uh, the side stories, like the Marauders or, uh, whatever other X books were going on. Uh, yes, you guys can tell I'm not keeping up with, with modern day <laughs> comic books. Yeah, Very yeah. rarely do I, uh, keep up with modern day comics, but you know, apparently they also kind of just wanted to do their own thing as well. Um, and, and not, maybe not completely, but like in terms of maybe characterization or maybe even what certain characters are doing. And, uh, I think at the end of the day, Hickman maybe liked the idea of, uh, of what he wanted to do at first. But I think that, you know, the idea of, Hey, if I have all these, you know, co-writers who can write these other books, that's great for me because I don't have to go with such a fucking grueling schedule as a comic book writer. I don't have to turn out so many goddamn pages a week. You know, I can kind of take a breather here and just, you know, give side notes when needed about what needs to happen. But I think as time went on, he realized that, okay, there's too many goddamn cooks in this kitchen. And uh, some of the head chefs are telling me to make a fucking, the the same dish when I'm trying to make something different now. Um, So that's what it seems like is happening over there. It's uh, a a goddamn travesty. um, We don't let your creators create properly what they want. You know what's going to happen? What's that? DC's going to get on uh, and say, yo, bro, hmm. how, how, how are you doing, Mr. Hickman? Come into my office. Let's negotiate. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe one of the other competitors, sure. But, I mean, that that's the point I'm making yeah. here is that a competitor is going to get such a great name and Marvel is going to, you know... It's so ironic because not... About what... And less than an hour ago, I had to look at the timer. Less than an hour ago, I was just talking about how Marvel is like doing some really cool shit with their movies. But it's like with their pages, there, there's no connection. It's like the the cool success and the the energy that's put behind like their big screen or even TV screen productions, it's not happening at the actual comic fucking home plate. And so now it's like, okay, well, you just got rid of a great writer who actually had a good rapport and also a little bit of actual fame under his belt. Um, what the fuck else are you working with now? You know? Yeah. And, you know, he may still do some work with Marvel, but I don't think it, he's not doing X-Men anymore. Uh, and whatever it is, I'm sure it'd be a much smaller project, maybe something more intimate if he does do any more work with Marvel. Um, I mean, and and the sad thing is, if, if he even if he did go to DC, that's like you, you're not doing much better. But no, not really. Yeah, I mean, not not at all. As a matter of fact, man, like another episode we need to have in the future is just the again like the updated state of Marvel and DC comics because they're in such an interesting spot right now. That would be fascinating. Yeah, I, I talk about that. It's, I talk uh, about that. <laughs> Hell yeah. They're in such an interesting spot right now, you know, creatively speaking. By the where way, he doesn't mean interesting good. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm, translating for the homies. That hey, means bad. Hey, I'm, It's I'm, judgmental. No. Shit's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Just to translate. But I think all yes. of us knew that. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, this discussion, it'll be fucking fun to have. It's just going to be unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. There's a... Uh, there's a lot going on there. And again, we have to pin that in for the future because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we got a bunch of cool February shit coming at you. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, there's always March. There's always March. We'll and march forward. Get the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> oh, also, I forgot. Um, oh. I did want to read uh, this quote here. I want to give uh, the source credit. It was uh, Bleeding Edge who did this article here about Hickman leaving the X-Men. Okay. And uh, Well, first off, can, can we get a, a quick uh, sentence on what the fuck is a Bleeding Edge? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not Bleeding Edge. Uh, bleeding Edge is Tony Stark's armor. Uh, that's that's my nerd brain working too hard. Thank there. you, because I was uh, just but, like, uh, what? Bleeding, uh, bleeding cool is the website. Thank you. That oh, thank you. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, they actually put up a quote here that uh, I really fucking love, and uh, their quote is actually from Alan Moore, who wrote an essay in 1993 lamenting the state of Marvel Comics back then, and uh, Alan Moore said. Uh, and I quote, you see, somewhere along the line, one of the newer breed of Marvel editors had come up with one of those incredibly snappy sounding and utterly stupid little pieces of folk wisdom that some editors seem to like putting out of the hat from time to time. Readers don't want change. Readers only want the illusion of change. As I said, it sounds perceptive and well-reasoned on first listen. It is also, in my opinion, one of the most... Uh, specious and retarded theories <laughs> that has ever been my misfortune to come across. Thank you, Alan Moore. <laughs> um, Alan Moore does not fuck around. He, he never fucks around. Like, bro, I don't think he's ever <laughs> fucked around a day in his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you know, uh, Legend has it when he was born and the doctor went to slap him, he said, fuck around and found out, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really dig that. <laughs> I just imagine Alan Moore growing up yeah. as a child. Now he's got a beard at the age right. of four. You yeah. know, what are you talking about? Playtime's not over, Mom. <laughs> I'm gonna sit my ass down right here and play with these bricks. <laughs> I'm going inside. <laughs> I'm a goddamn wizard. Oh. <laughs> uh. You know, uh, came up to a door trick or treat. <laughs> Anyways, okay. The uh, I think the beauty of that quote was one. This quote is you know damn near forty years old. Uh, again, he, he said this back in yeah nineteen eighty three, and the fact that it's even more prevalent today is uh, very concerning. But you know, I I really dig that though because it it is a very fitting quote here for what uh, Hickman is going through with current editorial at Marvel. And, uh, yeah, so there... I understand sections here of uh, of what Marvel would want versus what the creators would want because, you know, they, they mentioned the whole idea when Alan Moore says that people like, that fans, or I should say Alan Moore quoting Marvel editorial... When allegedly they said fans don't want real change, they just want the perspective of change. And what we mean by that is we like change of tone, we do like change of pace, we do like change of setting, we like change of story. Um, but so often the changes that Marvel comic ends up giving us are this character who you've known and loved for 40, 50, 60 years we're going to change the essence of who they are that's the change that readers typically don't like because we read them for a reason because of who these people are. So when you fundamentally change them, you change a lot about what we love about these comics, but again, change all the other stuff around them. And that's what makes them so interesting. Um, 
But yeah, so anyways, uh, that is currently where Jonathan Hickman is at in terms of, uh, you know, his, his going-ons with Marvel and, you know, some potential reasons as to why he is no longer on X-Men. Yeah. So we will see what happens with it. Which, which is sad, man, you know? Um, yeah. Not, not to keep writing that out, man, but, but just to vent a thought that's kind of like finding its way to the surface of my own thoughts here. You know, sadly enough, the only way Marvel is going to want to learn from these mistakes and eventually make steps of progress away from their current habits, they got to have a downfall. I mean, I, w- I want to agree with you, man, but... With the current state of both Marvel and DC, I don't know how much more of a downfall they could have. They're they're in denial. Yeah, one thing. But I mean, like a downfall that even they can't deny. Something so powerful and so fucking on point that even they can't call everyone naysayers and and mm. bigots or whatever the common term mm. for them is now. You know, I, I'm talking about like a real slap in the face where you can't hide the fact you just got smacked like a you know mm. whatever that looks like if it's an economical fall if it's something like that sure but it's like they uh they they honestly uh i'm gonna make this comparison and hopefully i don't lose a lot of people with it but uh like you lost me oh damn it already <laughs> uh the woods. marvel and dc they're in like a similar state to what you could say the wwe is in if any wrestling fans out there they're a company that has definitely fallen far from grace but because their competition in terms of repertoire and, you know, in terms of just overall uh, notoriety are so far behind the WWE, it will take another 10, 20, 30 years for any competition to logically be able to, you know, catch up to them and to overthrow them. And so essentially the WWE can, can continue to be dog shit for years and years and, because so many casual fans maybe think that they're the only uh, the only source around, you know, they'll continue to maybe get what they want, at least from their shareholders. Uh, Marvel and DC, they're in a similar boat because essentially their competition is each other and they're both doing equally bad. Um, now, as... Well, you're in a boat race, but both boats are sinking. Right. <laughs> uh, now, with, you know, their competition in theory would be, you know... Image Comics and then Dark Horse, but you know, and then you have your other companies as well that are you know even smaller. Yeah. But the problem is that they're all so far behind that even if they you know continue to put out much better content, there's it would take years. Yeah, I mean, it, it would just it's it's not feasible for them to be true threats uh, to yet. those two. You know? And then the problem with that too is that. Both Marvel and DC are no longer standing on their own feet. Oh, excuse me, their own feet. I was right. trying to say feet and legs. I think I don't know. I fucked up. <laughs> they're fat. They're fat feet. Instead, they're standing with the legs of something much more powerful, with a lot more buying power there yep. too. So there's even like the looming threat of, let's say, Dark Horse, mm-hmm. for instance, just just to pick a name out the hat, does eventually get enough notoriety and enough uh, financial power and also a fan power to put out you know their own dope ass product wherever the case may be like a movie or something sure a big tv show that puts them on the map 
And it's just like, bam. Decades later, this is the newest shit. It's the best. It's better than whatever the fuck Disney Plus Plus is putting out or mm. HBO DC <laughs> Dynamic, whatever that fuck, you know, future right. services, right? And, you know, all of a sudden Disney, you know, that fucking Cthulhu monster gets hungry. Yeah. And and the Cthulhu monster known as Mickey Mouse pulls out that wallet and says, how much? <laughs> you know, mm. and, and buys Dark Horse. Yeah, buys them out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's unfortunately a very, very strong possibility. And then we see a fucking Hellboy and Iron Man adventure, which admittedly sounds pretty cool, but that's <laughs> not the point, you know? So. Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, I've seen some people, uh, you know, saying that, man, they hope that uh, DC gets to a state where they can be bought by Marvel. And I'm like, Fuck, Ooh, fucking no, why? No. The the worst thing that's that, a monopoly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say the worst thing that can happen would be if either Marvel or, or DC were to completely and utterly fail right now. Yeah. If you think that the state of comic comic books are bad now, just wait until one falls or is absorbed by the other. Uh yeah, it, it would be fucking it, it'd be goddamn awful. Mm-hmm. Um there, there isn't a single mind in the comic book industry that I would trust to handle both of those properties. Uh, yeah, that that be that would that would be like the nail in the coffin for comic books. Yeah. Uh, so we cannot have that happen. Um, let's see. Here. Checks and balances. Yeah. Don't support DC or Marvel too much. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out! You bought too many Marvel tickets. Go buy DC. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. That's that's fascinating to think about, man. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's it's scary. That just means like ten years from now. Hey, welcome back to the superhero homies, where we'll be talking about your latest uh, Marvel product here. Uh, you know, did you see the uh, Marvel comic where they just released? Uh, you know, uh, Superman. You know, getting bitch slapped by Spider Man one hundred and one. You know, I don't know. You get the point. All right. Yeah. All right. Um. Next up here, this one was interesting, and I think that this issue maybe just came out uh, maybe a few days ago. Uh, but apparently, Marvel is either introducing or they have just introduced a new Black Panther. Uh, the character's name is Tosin Oduye, um, and apparently he comes from a, uh, a village that resides in Wakanda that... Uh, doesn't like the heavy use of technology, uh, so they're more old school. And apparently, the character of uh, of Tosin is uh, of the idea that I guess he's kind of helping out T'Challa and kind of look at things from a different perspective. Maybe see things in a way that T'Challa hasn't, okay. especially since the character I guess currently has his hands full in the comic books. Um, when I saw this, I was uh, I was a little intrigued by it. Because, of course, Marvel Disney has a T'Challa conundrum, uh, whereas they seem to currently, at least, be of the idea that they don't need a new T'Challa. Um, it's very rare that Marvel Comics actually knows what the MCU is doing. Uh, they actually, Marvel Comics rarely has any idea about what the MCU is doing. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny and sad at the same time. Um, even with Kevin Feige there as the middleman, unless he comes down directly and says something, yeah, th- there's very little communication there. Mm. Um, Makes sense. 
But I do wonder, a part of my conspiratorial brain wonders, are they trying to lay groundwork to introduce a new Black Panther live action? That'd be kind of interesting. I mean, the potential's there, obviously, and I think the people in the big boardroom know that. I think, however, they're going to take, you know, the, um, oh, what's that fat fuck's name, Q? Um, what the fuck? Uh, George R. R. Martin. There it is. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's that fat fuck's name? George R. R. Martin. Yeah, they're going to take the George R. R. Martin approach where you don't do anything for a long time. You wait for, you know, something to release a potential idea of yours first. So, in other words, in this particular case, mm. they'll release the Black Panther comics with Tolson. Uh, leading the way as the presumed new Black Panther, right? Okay, and they'll they'll get a fan base reaction, and based on that reaction, they'll decide whether or not to move forward. So it's like, oh, people like Tolson. Tolson's cool, and and, and Tolson, correct? That was the name. Yeah, uh, T O S I N. T O S I N. Tolson. So no L. I no. keep adding an L. My bad. So Tolson. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they say, yeah, Tosin's dope. We like him. He's doing great in the comics. Cool, cool, cool. Well, guess what? Big screen appearance. Yeah. And now we got, you know, fucking Isaac Hayes starring. Uh... <laughs> Just bring that back. Excuse me. But no, we, we yeah. got like all of a sudden Tosin on screen with right. a big actor backing them up. Hell yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But at the same time, I, I think George R. R. Martin is exactly what they're wanting to do, where it's mm. like, nope, people don't give a fuck about him in the comics. No, we said we'll never recast Black Panther on the screen, blah, 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 and keep, like, mm-hmm. pretending that idea wasn't had in the office, you know? Uh, you know, for me, not to sound like uh, a broken record or not to continue to, to beat that dead horse. That but, horse is dead, uh, you. That horse has been dead. That horse is rotting. But <laughs> He's in the ground. But, you know, like, I, I get so fed up. I get to the point now where I just eye roll whenever Marvel or DC says so-and-so is the new so-and-so. It's so fucking uncreative to me. I, I don't need a a new blah, blah, blah. I would love new characters. I would love new superheroes. But this whole thing about, oh, it's a mantle and the mantle is being passed down. Fucking cut it out and go find some creativity and come up with some new heroes. It is becoming a trope. It is, it is. I mean, it, yeah. great, uh, not that recent example, um, Thor, you know. Thor mm-hmm. was a name, but, you know, using yeah. your same verbiage, Thor, for some reason, became a title. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, well, what the fuck do we call Thor? You, you know, know? I, I wish you didn't bring that up, brother. Uh, I, I I stumbled upon, I had the misfortune to stumble upon. Oh, some more comic news? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an ignorant-ass tweet. Oh, okay. So false, fake news. Fake yeah, there you go. Um, where someone said, uh, it was like, Jane Foster is Thor. Um, it's, it's canon. Uh, read a comic book. You know, uh, saying that only people who don't read comics think that the idea that Jane Foster is Thor is dumb. Uh, I think it's the opposite. Uh, I think that people 
who only read trash comics or people who haven't read their classic comics. And by classic, hell, I just mean anything from fucking year 05 on back. Uh, I think that those people are woefully uninformed about who these characters are and who they've been for decades. And to editorially change it on a whim to fit some new weird canon doesn't mean that, hey, this is the new status quo. It means, hey, we were so uncreative, we couldn't find a proper way to make the change, so we just decided to change the canon. Mm. So changing the canon, if if that's anyone's idea of, of reading a comic book, I would definitely challenge you to go back and read some real Thor. Read some read some Walter Simonson Thor. Read some Jack Kirby Thor if you really want to know about the character. Uh, because this, yeah, the, this, the current state of... Uh, of Marvel comic stands, they're fucking gross. <laughs> and not definitely, I'm I'm speaking in, in generalities, but I have been in their groups. I have uh, mingled among them. Uh, for the most part, they're fucking gross. Uh, and again, that's another topic for another time. I have stories hmm. and uh, and reasons why that like I it would love make a fascinating episode, <laughs> yeah. brother. I have stories about reasons why I love uh, their. Goddamn cult-like. It is goddamn terrifying. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh... Well, obviously, we gotta talk about that later. <laughs> huh. uh, so, tell me about the cult this week, Q. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> How's the occult doing? Ha- have they become... Oh, yeah. Uh, I, have to, I have to tell you about oh, the cult that... I have to tell you about have the... Have they become the Innsmouthers of Marvel yet, you know? Yeah. The what? The Innsmouthers? Uh, that, that's the name of, um... One of the cults from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, yep. There you go. Uh, they were a uh, they were a people who got turned into fish-like people. They got fucked up. Ah, yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, well, these are more people in the cults in the sense of they said if you're if you're right wing, you shouldn't even read Marvel comics. Uh, and by the way, I'm not a right wing. But I'm not fucking brainwashed either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty fucking awful over there. Um. Anywho, uh, I, I've been taking up a lot of these, man. You have any that you wanna? No, no, you're good, man. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been having a good time, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Let's see, and I want to end on that one, so we'll do this one next. Sure. Um. Man, I guess to kind of ride the wave of what we've been talking about, uh, DC Comics, uh, they are coming out with the death of the Justice League. They are apparently killing them. That includes the likes of, of course, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. Uh, I guess wh- whoever is in the mainstay Justice League right now. Bro. They are so scared of Zack Snyder. They're using the comics to kill off. Now that is a broad, broad assumption, and I do not truly, I truly hope, but I also don't want to believe that that is a plausible happenstance I, taking place. I, I don't, I don't think it's that. Um, uh, I, that worries me though, dude. I, I mean, what, yeah. what are the deets? What are the deets? Uh, yeah. So um, apparently, they're going to be there, and in Justice League issue seventy-five. Um, 
interesting fact. Apparently, this will release on the 30-year anniversary of the Death of Superman comic book, so that's interesting. Uh, but the, the current running theory is that uh, they're killing off the Justice League to kind of set up uh, what's called the uh, future state. Um, so interesting you know, information about what future state is was that Back when a guy by the name of Dan DiDio was the uh, editor-in-chief, well, back when he was like the, uh, I think the CEO of um, of DC Comics, he was fired in, within like the past year and a half or so. Uh, but back when Dan DiDio was in charge of DC Comics, uh, he was going to usher in what was called 5G. Yeah. And of course, uh, yeah. And of course, 5G, of course, it was very tongue-in-cheek because it stands for fifth generation, but it's also, you know, because... You know, they're owned by AT&T. So, very tongue-in-cheek nature. Um, but the whole idea behind 5G was that it's going to be, uh, you know, fifth generation, meaning five generations down the line, like who the heroes were or who the heroes are in the in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of little timeline was known as Future State. And, you know, we had, you know, again, it was the same kind of problem that I just vented about about the lack of creativity and just putting new faces under old mantles. Um, That's essentially what it was. You know, we had new Wonder Woman, new Superman, new Batman, new Green Lantern, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, it's just about what these characters were like under these new, you know, new people under these new identities. And, uh, I mean, I never read any of it because it just, it never interested me, but... You know, a lot of people are now thinking that the death of the Justice League is maybe to usher in those characters into the mainstream DC continuity. Um, which, uh, I mean, I, I think that that's a more likely possibility. The, the, okay, yeah, you know, this this isn't interesting. This is really just bad. But the the thing of it is, is that I am ninety nine point nine percent certain that even though they're killing off the Justice League, we will still have our Superman comic with Clark Kent. I'm pretty sure we'll still have a Wonder Woman comic with Diana Prince. I'm pretty sure we're still going to have our Batman comics with Bruce Wayne. So and our Green words, Lantern it's, comics it's with vacuous. Yeah. It's meaningless. It doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, I guess to their credit, they said there won't be a Justice League comic. Uh, and I, I will give them credit for that. I think that that is, that's very, whoa, okay, so there won't be any Justice League comic right now, but... I remember a time when comic book events Matter. meant something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, not to go off on a tangent here, but like I'm currently reading through uh, the No Man Land saga. Uh, it's a Batman event. And uh, this came out in like the mid 90s. I believe it came out after Nightfall. Uh, and this was such a. You know, such a fucking breath of fresh air. It's so fucking good. It's like, man, I remember now. This is like why I read comics in the first place is for stories like this. And, uh, you know, these, like the, the stories in No Man's Land is so interesting because there's various writers who are writing from a different perspective. There's, you know, there's like a chapter about Catwoman's point of view. Obviously, Batman's. There's one for Dick Grayson, Tim Drake. Cool. And it's about how they're all reacting to like the same thing. And I'm like, oh, this is what good editorial was like. That's right. There was someone who was in charge who could be who could oversee things and could make sure that there was continuity throughout the comic books to make sure that everything gelled together. Yeah. You got the same thing in Marvel Comics. You know, I always talk about the Civil War era, how that event rippled throughout Marvel Comics 
even for the cosmic characters, yeah. Nova couldn't get help for the Annihilation War because the people on Earth were too busy fighting each other. I mean, so that's the kind of editorial continuity that we used to get, but now there's a big event every other week from Marvel and DC. The readers don't care. The events mean nothing. There are no Ripley for us to carry over. And so, you know, I see other just to say that this killing off the Justice League, you know, would move me. It would be a big deal to me if they knew how to properly carry it over. See, my my theory though, I'm still worried about it. You know, like it, it still makes sense to me that they would do something very similar to what you know Marvel's been doing with like their comics and trying to use them to support the movies and whatnot. Instead of the movies being based off the comics, the comics now being based off the movies. And I think in this case, DC, because they have such a rocky relationship with the Justice League movie, that property altogether, I don't know, man. Like, I, I sense the idea there, and I'm worried it's really in the waters. Like, mm-hmm. I'm worried that, that that beast is lurking with a news announcement like that. Because what that tells me is that, hey... Because this isn't a comic and because we're not going to be making these stories anymore, people can either like get off our back about this or we can just deny the Justice League and not move forward with that at all. And just like step and, and almost with like a, an unprofessional middle finger, just like leave the idea of the snack uh, Zack Snyderverse further behind. And so it's like I, I see the potential. It's a bridge, but it is like, okay, I mean – Am I the only one who sees this, you know? I guess for me, the thing of it is, is like, let's say that on a good day, hmm. 80,000 people read that comic book. That's only 80,000 people compared to how many millions watch the movies. Sure, sure. But you start somewhere. You know, mm. so that's kind of where I'm getting at here, where mm. it's like, okay, either way, I, I'm i not sure how I feel about that idea, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, too, that, that, that not to take credence away from that, because that's a, a whole different and, and really cool, but super unfortunate prospect, too, where it's like, hey, these events mattered, and now, because there's so many events, and none of the writers want to work together, none of the editorials are, like, with each other on this, they're kind of meaningless. Oh, man. One writer's making everyone a fucking zombie, but then another <laughs> writer's like, you know, our comic line is about to go into a wedding. So it's like, oh, right. well, I mean, okay, okay. You know, yeah. That's that's cool. Thanks, bro. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and, and I mean, like, who who knows? Maybe maybe they are, like, you know, receiving, you know, information from the higher up saying, hey, you know, kill the Justice League off because... I mean, I don't know. Like, I will yeah. say this: if uh, if if I see news of like uh, Supergirl and and Batgirl moving into position, kind of like what the movies are planning on doing, then that that definitely be like a red flag for your argument. Uh, why does that sound familiar? We talked about this a few weeks ago about that's what uh, I thought. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's like that sounds like shit too. Yeah, yeah. About how uh, moving forward, I guess after the Flash movie, they. Uh, plan on having uh, Supergirl and Batgirl replace Batman and Superman. 
Again, I just said this a few seconds ago. That sounds like shit, too. <laughs> I might have just had the same tone. We'll see. Yep. Play it back. So if, if we see something similar happen, you know, in the comics, I think that's like a definite, uh, you know, red flag in your direction. Like, oh, yeah, you might be onto something there. I was about to say, yeah, I'm, I'm holding mm. up the orange flag now. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, okay, I see a foul on my side of the field mm-hmm. over here. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, and here's my thing. Here's how you really make something of this. If you're going to kill the Justice League, don't pussyfoot around it. Fucking kill them. And, but, yeah. and, and again, in order to do that, you have to have good editorials and you have to have a good creative team. Mm-hmm. That means that your writers for The Flash, your writers for Batman, your writers for Superman, all of them, they all have to come together and be like, okay, so these guys are dying. How does that ripple throughout our comic books? Because it does. Yeah. And also, what characters that right now are, you know, maybe B-listers, can we now move up to form a new team, not called the Justice League, to kind of fill that 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 fucking vacuous hole right. that they left? That's what I would do. As a fan, you know, who likes to read these comics, that's what I would do, you know, if I were in that position. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't continue to have Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, and all the other Justice League members in their solo comics. If they're going to be dead, then they're going to be dead. Then fucking kill them. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, so yeah, that's that's definitely what I would do. And so, I don't know, for me, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the problem there, too, though, is that, you know, not to be the pessimist Mm -hmm. again here in the same topic in the same few minutes, but they're not going to do that, you know. Those are like the oldest, most reliable characters mm-hmm. for DC. So it's like, we know, unfortunately, they're not going to have the balls to really let Batman and Bruce Wayne just be fucking dead. Yeah. And let Clark Kent just be fucking dead. And then on repeat for the rest, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you're right. And uh, I mean, so here's the thing like, we all know that death and comic books aren't permanent, but let them mean something. Let yeah. something come from it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I honestly vote to, like, make deaths more permanent. Like, have the balls to clear off your characters and then let them be fucking dead, you know? And and then, you know, to push another point, and this is actually kind of getting off the news and just more into discussion territory, sure, but that would help fuel the need for the creativity where it's like, okay, well, we fucked off, you know, we fucked off Green Arrow. He's dead. So there is no more Green Arrow, Red Arrow died too. Fuck him. I don't even know that character. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck him harder. I don't care. But now we got to think of something entirely different. You know? That'd be cool. But no, you're right. Where it's like comic book deaths just mean like 20 more issues and then boom, we got the bitch back. Yeah. And they became I, back uh, because of time travel, wizardry, right. butt fuckery, <laughs> uh, 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 clonery. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's tropey. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, I'm actually 100% for bringing back your A-listers, but I've, I do think it needs to be done well and needs to be done in an appropriate time. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, it, it can be done well and stuff. That's cool, mm-hmm. but it's like if it's done too many times at that point, yeah, I don't care if it's done well or not. It's done too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, how many times uh, can Captain America die before someone says, okay, shut the fuck up, enough of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. How many times can we... Like for instance, actually, mm-hmm. you you actually had a very compelling argument about this. All all the all the funny cutesy bullshit pulled aside. Right. How many times has Wolverine died? 
Uh, yeah, I think it's close to a dozen or so, something like that. That's too many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that he's a relic of the past, but it's like, let him be fucking dead, you know? Mm-hmm. I know we used to joke about that, how I would always be like, nah, bro, I like Wolverine, so he's not dead, you know? Cutting the shit aside, it's like, I mean, there's other ways to move forward mm-hmm. in all seriousness, you know? But at the same time, that's that's coming from me presently now who is tired of the trope, who who doesn't want to read another comic book of how Wolverine came back for the 13th time, about how Superman went back in time and fucked himself, and so now he's presently again somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. Because kryptonite sperm can impregnate a man and blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't know. I just wrote wow. a fucking bad comic for DC. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, yeah, um... Yeah, death in comic books is definitely like its its own thing. Um, it's not death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, examples of ones uh, that I thought were done extremely well were mm-hmm. the likes of uh, Jason Todd and and, uh, and Bucky. That's a great one, but that's also the first times that happened to the characters. You know, like. And then it, it was a really cool bring back, too. It was like, yeah, I'm all t- for that. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, not but like they, Robin died 12 yeah. times again or 20 times again, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just, I'm, just, yeah. I'm driving my point too far. But yeah. you're, you're talking about, please. Yeah, I was just saying that, like, uh, and, and that's kind of like what I'm getting at when I say I'm all for comic book deaths as long as they're done well. Yeah. Like Bucky and, uh, and Jason Todd, they were done very well. Yeah. Uh, and they were also gone for a, a good while. Hell yeah. So when they came back, you know, it was impactful. It meant something. And, you know, you, you're not completely erasing the, the, the chances of you ever bringing back a certain character. Because uh, at, at the end of the day, um, permanently killing a character, you know, that is uh, leaving money on the table. That is, you know, isolating a, uh, a portion of your fan base. Because you got to think, if you permanently kill off a character... You just killed off a lot of people's favorite character, and now they're like, "Well, I don't even want to read this anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely pros and cons to it. Yeah. It's just it's got to be done tactfully. It's got to be done better than what it's been doing. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a lot more discussion to be had there. You yeah. know, like like don't don't kill a character off just because. Like obviously, if there's Robert Kirkman, <laughs> right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, uh, where's he at? The, but then again, like even with him, like he receives a lot of backlash for like. Know kills that he has in Invincible or in Walking Dead because mm-hmm. like man I really like so and so character but you know you fucking killed him you know uh, George Martin of course and uh, Game of Thrones killing off a lot of you know favorite people's characters yeah. the thing of it is with like Game of Thrones or Invincible or Walking Dead was that those have definitive beginnings middles and ends yeah and so you know when you when you kill them like you know okay but you know, there's only a hundred and 50 issues or whatever, you know, there's only so many chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whereas with, you know, your traditional superhero comics, they, they live forever. Wow. Well that, that might introduce uh, a whole nother chapter of this discussion of like a potential problem there then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that, that's like a whole nother podcast, yeah. like death and comics and shit, which I feel like we've done in our catalog before, maybe not to a, a recent depth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this this episode's been as much a fucking planning session as been an episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah. Uh, only had one more. Okay, what up? All right, and this last one here. Um, so the Batman, which comes out, I believe March third, 
uh, has a runtime of two hours and 55 minutes. Uh, which again, uh, I was very pleased with for multiple reasons. One, that means I get more Batman. And two, it suggests less interference from WB. Uh, and the second part of this that I thought was also really cool is that this version of the Riddler is inspired by the Zodiac Killer. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I that's think it's really dope. cool. Yeah. Which of course, Phil's you who uh, may not be familiar with the Zodiac Killer. Uh, when was he killing? Was it like in the uh, was it in the sixties? Um, I am unsure. Gotcha. Uh, I don't want to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't uh, have any cops following me, yeah. and I presently am disinterested in that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, Shin used to work cool, but like the interesting thing about the uh, Zodiac Killer was that he did leave clues. Clues that even to this day, clues and riddles that even to this day, like some of which have not been fully solved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's equally fascinating because of the realism. You're right. right there. That's yeah. dope. That's so cool. It yeah. is. Uh, of course, this version of the Riddler uh, has also been stated to uh, be similar to to an extent to Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. And you know what I heard about this Riddler? He didn't leave 300 fucking green trophies all around the <laughs> damn city for you to spend 15 hours trying uh, to find. Well, he, he did. That's why the movie's three hours long. Damn. You know? <laughs> like, Bruce's like, this is some bullshit. Bat <laughs> Patterson's just going to be like, oh, fuck me. I got to spend the Batmobile around on a 180. <laughs> those, those trophies were the bane of my existence, man. <laughs> Getting all those trophies right. was, oh, fuck those. Um. But yeah, so I, I I was really intrigued by that, and they actually um, just a few days ago they released a uh, like a two minute clip from the movie. It was uh, for a funeral scene, and not quite sure who the funeral is for. But in that scene, we see uh, you know Bruce Wayne there. We see Commissioner Gordon and whatnot talking to some other officers, and in this scene, they're asking about uh, officer and so officer so and so. I don't remember his name. Yeah. They were like, "Where have you guys seen officer? You know, whoever." And no, haven't seen him, haven't seen him. And then we had a lot of screaming coming from outside the church. And then we had this huge crash and this SUV comes, you know, tumbling through the church and fucking like, you know, hits like one of the first pews and, you know, comes to a standstill. And a bunch of the uh, GCPD that are there, including Jim Gordon, they draw their guns and, you know, tell the driver to step out of the vehicle. And is the officer they were looking for who they said was, you know, had been missing for some time. And they're like, holy, okay, so, like, what the, the hell is going on here? And then they realize that this guy's, like, his hands are bound. He has, uh, like, tape over his mouth. And so, he, like, he can't, he's like, I think he had tape over his mouth. But anyway, he, he, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't properly respond. But I think taped one of his hands was like a, uh, like a cell phone. Uh, it was a, a super intriguing scene. You can definitely tell that, uh, that this version of the Riddler is, uh, Definitely playing some 4D chess with uh, Batman and the GCPD. It's also interesting to know that uh, in one of the trailers, they tell us that this version of the Riddler, yeah, he knows who Batman is. You know, he calls him Bruce. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. Uh, a lot of really cool things here with this movie. We're looking forward to it. Uh, for those of you guys who listened to the Homies Award, I had this predicted to be the best superhero movie of the year. Uh, probably due to the fact that there's no superhero movie that has a tone like this. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to seeing what we get here from it. Uh, again, two hours and 55 minutes long. It will be the longest Batman movie, uh, that we've ever gotten. And, uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what happens there. 
Uh, but yeah, that is uh, the last of the comic news that I have for tonight. Yeah. Um, we actually already talked about uh, most of the ones that I had uh, discussed. I, I took the Morbius delay before you did, so I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. Um, so I don't really got anything else, brother, man. Yeah, my, my clip's empty. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, uh... Anything else uh, of note that you want to talk about? Uh, real quick, uh, one, one more interesting point of discussion here, actually. Uh, if you haven't already, join the Patreon page. That is going to be uh, patreon.com backslash superhero homies. And the reason I'm saying it's so slow, I actually did get one of the homies uh, who, who gave us a, uh, a, a, a message uh, saying, hey, when we drop our tagline, you and I, we get muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been doing this for a minute, a hot minute. One would even say over an hour and forty-four minutes, approximately. But um, we say it so fucking fast that sometimes, like, they <laughs> can't understand what we're saying. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes yep. it's, it's nice to repeat uh, patreon.com backslash superhero homies, spelled out just like the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just for further clarification, yes. exactly. Uh, which, yeah. hey, you, you know, and I know, we, we all about that clarification. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, guys. Uh, definitely, that is one of the best ways to help us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides leaving us awesome reviews, and besides telling your friends about us, another great way to help us out is to go to w dot the chair lean farther back. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, man, yeah, the, 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 the lever came out. So now I can, like, lean, <laughs> lean it back. Yeah. And I didn't expect it. And my knee bumped the table and moved my mic around. <laughs> just to narrate a little uh, too much here. But, yeah, guys, uh, Patreon is a phenomenal way to help us out. Uh, there is always new content being uploaded there that we promise will be worth your money. For one to three dollars a month, you guys can get additional content from us and also help us out a lot. Uh, so do that, do that thing. Note, I also said, oh, one more interesting point of discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to to help uh, homies to not turn off our episode before the fucking end. Yes, so that way I can keep fucking ears listening <laughs> for those last few seconds. Yes, that's right. Because we ain't done talking. We got more to say. Hell no. As a matter of fact. Edit this shit and put it at the beginning. <laughs> Edit this shit and, and put it in multiple places. Yeah. <laughs> we actually cut off like an entire like two or three minutes of discussion right in the middle. And so it's right. like we just awkwardly time skip. <laughs> anyways. anyways. Uh, yes. That's called poor editing. <laughs> or great editing. <laughs> Depending. Yep. It's okay. I said... All my shit's gone. <laughs> it, you got to keep them on the on the edge of their seats, man. They'll That's never true. see it coming. Yeah. yeah. Furthermore, <laughs> and in conclusion, spice lane with something else. <laughs> That's when she said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we're just uh, rambling like the Mad Men we are, and not like the TV show. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think I think I'm good for now. I think I got. Everything off my chest that was on my list for comic news, uh, some things that we've vented about that you know could become episodes on their own. Yeah, yeah, I actually wrote them down. So hell yeah, hell yeah, guys. 
so it's going to be it for this. Oh, also, mm. uh, if you guys uh, need any kind of preparation for the Batman, I probably mentioned this when we do our Batman preview, which, yeah, we also got to schedule that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Batman preview, um, read, I would suggest, read The Long Halloween. Uh, Ooh, check. Read uh, Batman Earth One. Uh, specifically volume two that chronicles the uh, uh, the first appearance of the Riddler in that universe. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of parallels there between that version of the Riddler and what okay. we're getting here in this movie. So uh, be sure to do that. Uh, but, mm. uh, but that will be all for now. Uh, we will see you guys again very soon because we love you. And until then, my name is Superhero Homie Q. And I am Superhero Homie Kevin.